Hello, 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 and welcome back to Friends and Low Expectations. My name is The Commish. I'm joined as pretty much always my co-host Keith, and we have a super special guest with us today, the one, the only Carl. Oh, I was wondering if Carl was going to turn on his camera. Well, I was like, is he just not going to turn it back on? All right, that's cool. Well, it was uh, a bit of a delay. His uh, Sam's mouth is moving, and the words are coming uh, out three seconds later. So I am delayed, apparently. <laughs> interesting. Oh. I thought it was. I thought it was maybe because Carl was camera shy. That's what I thought the. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was camera shy a couple, a couple of months ago when we wanted him to do an intro for the for the boys. Now all of a sudden he's excited to be back on the show. Not camera shy at all. We've experienced Carl, the, the, hard, the hard hitting question we've been needing to ask you: Are yeah. you actually camera shy, or were you just too lazy to film something for the guys? Uh, Tbh, lazy. Yeah, we knew it. <laughs> hella, hella lazy. I actually thrive on camera, you know. I do better on camera than I do in person. Well, you look stunning right now, so. I was going to say, you tracks. got a lot of flow going on. The flow, that's that's what the people want to see. They don't care yeah, you about got the, You got a really good salt and pepper look going on top there, man. Yeah, just not my facial hair. That's just right. The... <laughs> <laughs> facial hair didn't get the memo. <laughs> where did where did the ginger, ginger jeans come from in your family line? Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's break into this. Okay. We got Scottish and German are the, my two main heritages. So, that hence the Carl with the K. That comes from the German mm. side of the family. Grand's mm, name yeah. was, was Carl Frederick, so can't get more oh, German yes. than that. Very German. Yeah, you yeah, sound I like you had, I've gone through You're blonde, a... brown, black, and red hair as a kid. Wow. You were just... So, I, went, I went blonde to brown. I went I blonde went. Yeah, I went, I went my sister and I were blonde. I went bleach blonde to the color I am now. So yeah, my sister and I were both like berry blonde growing up, and then when I was like I don't know, eight or nine years old, it started turning brown, and now I've got brown hair. But whenever my beard reaches a certain length, it starts to get red. Yeah, I get a so little that, bit of get a little bit of red sprinkled in as well every now and then. That that's my sign to go ahead and trim my beard. It's like oh <laughs> hey, and now it's time. That, that, that's, 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 that's my that's my marker. It's, it's not a length. It's, it's no. not like a length that I'm like, oh, okay, I don't like this anymore. It's like, oh, hey, I see some red now. Okay. No, we so aren't saying I... you need to shave, Carl. We're saying you should dye your beard. That's what we're saying. Yeah. So when I get to the point a, where I'm like, of gray for men, right for the beard. If I don't know if I want to keep my facial hair, I have a picture from three years ago of me with just a mustache, and I go, okay, I need to keep the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would. I think you. I think you could kill it. Hey, well, if, you do, if you do a stash, I'll do a stash. Morgan might divorce me, but I think it's worth it if we do it in solidarity. See, my, my wife told me if I ever shaved my mustache, she would divorce me. So no matter mm. what, the stash always stays. To to be clear, it's not upper lip hair that Morgan doesn't like. It's just upper lip hair that she's <laughs> <laughs> She has no problem, no problem with my mustache hair so long as it's not just the mustache. That's too bad. You, you have a, the facial acumen for a great biker. I could, I could, could crush, I down. crush, I could crush a mustache. I could crush oh, yeah. it. Handlebars, I could, I could totally do it. 
Fu Manchu. Oh, like a rocket. Wow. Well, and that right there, buddies, that's a cold intro right there. <laughs> there we go. Well, again, for those, of you, uh, for those of you who haven't uh, gotten the, the, the gist of it yet, I am <laughs> the commish. Joined with Keith. Whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. And uh, as I've alluded to previously, we're joined by Barl. Coral! <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that in months. We haven't we, we haven't done that one a lot. We haven't done. We've that. had it. Uh, we've had it. Philly, thankfully, Philly, uh, who couldn't be with us tonight, um, he had it preloaded for me, so made my made my life pretty easy, which is nice. But Carl, obviously, again, thanks for making time. I'm excited to to chat through your matchup this evening and dive into the preview of our upcoming uh, championship matchup because I think it's going to be a great a great uh, two weeks. Hopefully, uh, as long as nothing crazy happens, week 18, and we're playing with a bunch of backups that that don't play because all of our teams have clinched playoff bots and they're going to wrench all their bench, all their starters. So uh, maybe that's a segment we talk about of this is the 18 week uh, fantasy football format and bad for competition. But Carl, again, thanks for being here. Ah, I mean, you still ran into that. Hmm? Sorry. sorry. Carl, <laughs> it is great to have you here. Yeah, it was, well, I think we can, like I said, Keith, I think maybe that's something we, we chat about uh, as a part of our segment, but let's, uh, <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Carl, I think we, having you as the honored guest, I think we should chat through your, your matchup first. Uh, going into, going into week 17, or no, week, yeah, week 16, going into week 16, uh, I mean, I know we were chatting back and forth a little bit, and, and you were kind of nervous going into this, into this, into this week. Uh, I had like a 28-point lead or something like that. Uh, so, I mean, obviously it, Anything is possible in fantasy football, and especially in low expectations. Um, talk me through how you were feeling uh, going into this week, and then just give me kind of a an overview of what went right for you and uh, what went wrong for Fern. I'll tell you what, Sam. Uh, I did not feel good. Right, so obviously I had the twenty-seven point lead going into it, which I thought was going to be. I thought he was going to narrow it down because my number one player, Jalen Hurts, got hurt. So I had to go scramble, and people still have two to three quarterbacks in their life. So there's nothing on the waiver wire. So I was, I was like, okay, who do I get? I was literally between Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones. Those are the two guys I was actually looking at. So I went with quote unquote Fern Vanilla Vic, and uh, that ended up paying off. But I was texting you about T Higgins. Right, so T. Higgins immediately, of course, even though it's rain, it's snowing and negative twelve degrees where he was playing, immediately goes and scores twelve points on the first drive of the game. And I was just thinking that this is how it's going to go, huh? This is that day because I, like an idiot, didn't change my lineup on Thursday and played Zay Jones, who got me a whopping, whopping two points. <laughs> so I wasn't feeling good. T. Higgins was going off. Zay Jones didn't go off. And I just knew Tony Pollard would go for like 45. And Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He was going to go for 40 again. So I didn't feel great, but ended up working out in my favor. 
Hawkins Sox and C.D. Lamb carried me to this victory because D-Hop got me one. Zay Jones got me two. So I'm I'm glad that uh, the Pittsburgh defense was able to hold down Josh Jacobs. That was my last worry. Yeah, I would say uh, not many things went right for Fern this week. Uh, I, I mean, after I think after the T. Higgins game, maybe um, I was looking at the matchup, and at one point Fern was projected to outscore you like very early on in the matchup, and I was like, "Wow, maybe 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 Carl was right." Maybe it's worried. the comeback. Yeah, maybe maybe this is the the match the matchup that we all thought it could turn into. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean the Denver defense obviously speaks for itself. Uh, I mean, Mark Andrews has not been able to really flourish with uh, Snoop Huntley in at quarterback. Uh, you know, everything that probably could have gone wrong for Fern went wrong, and everything that, that could have gone right for you outside of uh, benching Zay Jones uh, went right. So, I mean, and even, I think, I, I mean, if we had, I mean, we had both talked about whether you were going to play Jerry, Judy, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, or Zay Jones, and I mean, if you start, you know, Jerry Judy in that spot and uh, D-Hop only scored 1.4 points, but he still had a whopping 10 targets, which is pretty nuts. Uh, so if he even converts, you know, half of those or uh, three quarters of those, that's a completely different stat line for him compared to, you know, Zay Jones on four targets. So, I mean, yeah, even with Christian McCaffrey putting in a, a modest performance, uh a lot of things went really, really well for you this week, and uh, obviously huge games by C.D. Lamb and T.J. Hawkinson uh, pretty much salted this victory away. Yeah, I, think I was we uh, talked about it. Go ahead, Carl. I was texting Fern about the defenses. I said I would have started the Lions' defense if I were him, and he came back and said, "Yeah, I'm glad I didn't," and then still had a minus five defense. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad when your best option for a defense is negative five and you look at the alternative, it's negative 11. So, like, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is we, we talked about this last week. Fern needed to have his guys score touchdowns. Um, you know, to only be down, what was it, like 27 points? Um, he, he just needed his guys to find the end zone. And in his starting lineup, only three touchdowns were scored. Two passing touchdowns by Allen and then one receiving touchdown by T. Higgins. And you got, you know, Carlson only gives you five. Mark Andrews is looks like a shell of his former self down the stretch this season. Um, Thielen, you know, one reception, six yards. DK Metcalf, a solid outing as far as real football is concerned. But for fantasy, seven catches, 81 yards, no scores. Pollard, no scores. Josh Jacobs, no scores. Um, you know, that's. I think this is, it's definitely more about everything going wrong or Fern, um, but Carl coming out with a couple with a with a big streaming option pickup. You know, twenty two from Daniel Jones, and obviously you know a huge game from Lamb and Hawkinson, and um, you know that's all. And despite leaving Devin Singletary on the bench, who got twenty, Jerry Judy on the bench, who got seventeen. So um, Carl definitely could have <laughs> ran away with this one a lot more than he did. Um, but this was this was an entertaining one. This one uh, had some. I definitely had some some watchability factor. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's gonna it, it should turn nicely into a, a really really competitive matchup uh, for the championship this week, uh, starting this week. But 
Um, Keith, do you want to? I, I think that's a good segue into your matchup with uh, okay. with Gino here, since that's uh, the other half of the championship matchup, which officially isn't finalized until uh, this morning or tomorrow morning at like one a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But um, barring a hundred point stack correction um, by either <laughs> either you or Carl, I think uh, that that championship matchup is set. So. Walk us through your matchup here, Sam, from your perspective. Devontae's and yeah. versus Death Taxes Kicker. Yeah. Um, obviously got the dub, which is uh, nice, again, barring any crazy stat corrections. But honestly, uh, pretty pretty, uh, pretty disappointing concer- uh, performance all around from, uh, from my team uh, across the board. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes played – relatively well, I mean, for the most part, but he still didn't meet his projections. I, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at my, at my, uh, at my team and only, I only had two players meet or exceed their projections. And it was Derek Henry, who was projected for 18.2 and he put up 18.6 and, uh, Jason Sanders, who was projected for 7.95 and he scored an eight, um, which is, uh, I mean, Great for him for being right on the money, but in all things considered, it's a uh, it's kind of concerning going into the the championship week when you've got players that you know I need I need everyone to be you know firing on all cylinders to match uh, stat lines like what Carl had with T.J. Hawkinson and C.D. Lamb. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens in these upcoming weeks. Uh, Stefan Diggs has been uh, kind of a concern these past three weeks. He's put up. 6.7, 10.7, and 4.6, respectively. Um, he's going against Cincinnati, so he has a good opportunity there. But uh, he only had two targets and two catches against Chicago, which is a, a matchup I thought he would feast. So uh, that's a little concerning. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Tyreek uh, this upcoming week. Uh, the quarterback situation there in Miami is obviously kind of in limbo currently with uh, Tua Tagovailoa potentially not being able to to go if he's not cleared by concussion protocol. So we'd probably see Teddy Bridgewater or I think the backup is Skylar Thompson as well uh, being throwing Tyreek the ball, and uh, that that does not give me uh, good vibes there. So um, that's that's the big question mark, and I think uh, another question that comes in for me then is is what do I do at a I, I Carl was been praising my use of uh, Chiefs running backs uh, this season. Uh, I've had pretty good success uh, with CEH early in the year, running him for four or five weeks before he got replaced by uh, Isaiah Pacheco. And then uh, being able to slot in Jarek McKinnon as well uh, after uh, CEH got shut down for the year as the kind of the pass catching back out of the backfield. Um, and he's had really good success the past uh, two out of the three past three weeks. He scored over 30 points. Uh, so I'll need that kind of performance against Denver uh, and I think Las Vegas as the final week. So I think it's going to be a, a pretty entertaining matchup when we see this happen. But like I said, all, all things considered, I had a really, really strong first week against Geno. I put up 178 points uh, and a, a very modest performance uh, this week against him. I think I only put up like 116 or something like that. So uh, that that type of performance on a on a week two is not going to win you a championship. So uh, I'm 
and I think the the piece that we kind of alluded to is is uh, what's eight week eighteen going to look like and who's playing and who's not. Uh, you know, are they going to start? The, are they going to play the entire game? Are players not? So we'll see there. Looking at on the other side um, for Gino, uh, pretty much everything that it could have gone wrong again uh, went wrong. Uh, I mean, Justin Herbert only putting up five and a half points against the Colts is a, a pretty tough pill to swallow. Um, and then also as another lottery winner of players that Carl has dropped, Isaiah Pacheco had a pretty, again, relatively modest week, 10 points. Uh, For a player like him, you need him to score a touchdown to be really fantasy relevant. Zeke, as as long as he's going through the the, the split with um, Tony Pollard, he's not going to be as uh, explosive and be a a fantasy superstar. Uh, Devontae, Again, had a, a very quiet week. He's had two back-to-back really poor performances. Uh, the only uh, He's only had four performances where he scored under 10 points, and two of them have come back-to-back, and not what you want to see when uh, when you, you know, when you're in a playoff semifinal. So Travis Kelsey, he's going to do Travis Kelsey things, and then uh, Christian Watson, again, underperforming. So across the board, Gino just uh, – his team didn't get him uh, – what he needed, granted, it was going to be, you know, had to put up close to damn near 200 points and break league records, but um, it was, it was. I mean, Gino's two-week total didn't still didn't eclipse my score from week one. So uh, I think that says a lot about what the matchup, what, what happened for Gino, and like I said, not a lot went right, and uh, that kind of goes to show with it there. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this matchup is definitely <clears throat> more about Gino's lack of production than than yours. I mean, you've been scoring at a pretty high clip all year long. Um, you know, so to have a, a bit of a down week here in the second week of the matchup where you finally come back down to earth, um, I don't think that's really anything to worry about. I mean, how often is um, Stefan Diggs going to put up four points? Um, probably not very. Um you know, and then you look at you look at the rest of the roster here. Jared McKinnon, um, <clears throat> not a bad game. Certainly not uh, not what you want to see, but the touchdown really salvaged an otherwise um, uneventful day. Um, Patrick Mahomes, twenty seven points, and that that not um, meeting projection. That that's just wild. <laughs> like twenty seven points, twenty seven points by a quarterback um, is is all you could really ask for. But you know, for Patrick Mahomes, it's a letdown game. Um, that tells you everything you need to know about Patrick Mahomes. And then um, but I, I look at the bench here. Like, if you started your, you know, optimal players this week, this, you know, you cruise. Like, taking uh, taking Jason Sanders over Brett Maher, um, you know, you got, um, you got 18 points from your kicker on your bench. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and then you got 31 from Jared Goff. Didn't think you'd see uh, very many games where Jared Goff uh, outperforms Patrick Mahomes, but 31 from him, Rashad White from Tampa, you know, 15 points there. Um, you know, so I think from your perspective, I don't really think you have much to worry about, um, cause you didn't need much this week to cruise away with the win. Um, but for Gino, man, this is about as bad as it gets. I mean, over the course of the matchup, Justin Herbert gives you a total of 13 points, you know, just, uh, just over 14 points. Um, Devontae Adams over the course of the matchup gives you a total of what, like seven points. Nine, nine, nine total, yeah. You know, nine over the course of, you know, two weeks. Um, 
this was just uh, this was just rough. I mean, Christian Watson leaves his matchup. He was on his way to um, a pretty solid game on his end. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think if you look at the bench, it doesn't get any, it doesn't get really any better. You know, you got Brandon Cooks, who I guess you know by his standards, it was a respectable game with 13 points. Yeah. Samuel, you know, pretty solid day on the bench with 16. Michael Gallup, you know, not bad, but. It, this was just, this was just a paltry performance um, by Gino here, um, and that's one that's going to be uh, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I would say I think Gino was just happy to be there. So uh, when you you know we had a lot of teams come in six and six into this uh, into the playoffs, and Gino was one of them, and we kind of said that going into the playoffs that he was one of the ones that was uh, potentially could struggle. Um, and uh, those those uh, those trends are coming true. So, all things considered, uh, like I said, I mean, heck, I, I think, yeah, I mean, heck, you, Keith, even you would have uh, outscored Gino this week. So, and I think that says a lot about uh, kind of the rest of the matchups as well. Um, that was one of the, well, I had to get a shot in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to flip to the uh, the other side of the bracket? Do we want to talk about the fifth and sixth place matchup? Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up our fifth and sixth place in the uh, the playoff bracket here. Talk about um, Philly and uh, Philly and Fred here, which was um, of of everyone in the matchups who were actually trying. I'm not really um, including uh, Joe and Mo here. Um, they did have an entertaining matchup. Uh, Joe ends up pulling that one out by 11 points, but um, of everyone who was actually trying to, you know, put up their put their best foot forward, this was the most entertaining matchup. And we talked um, a lot about this one last week. Um, and you know, Fred got Fred got nearly everything he needed. I mean, he needed uh, big games from Prescott and Eckler. He got that. Um, you know, the question the question is DeAndre Swift, man. Um, he has just been up and down all year long, and don't really know what to make of the backfield split there. I mean, Jamal Williams is not getting a lot of large, a lot of yards, um, but he is just vulturing touchdowns. And I think what Fred is going to look back on this week is the points he left on the bench. I mean, Super Bowl mm-hmm. Lenny, 25 points on the bench. A lot of that due to nine receptions for 90 yards. Um, pulls in also 20 carries for 72 rushing yards. Um, but then you have Tyler Higby. Um, who gives you a 30-point game, leaves 30 points on the bench. Last week he became um, last week he became the first non-Rams uh, wide receiver to score a touchdown, and this year he brings in or this week he brings in two more. Um, just tough right there. And then of course George Pickens as well. You could have slotted him in, um, you know, in the uh, could have slotted him in as your flex there. Um, so the points were there. Um, just you know, a little a little case of the tinkers here. I'm trying to overthink things, <clears throat> and uh, that ultimately decides the matchup. But I'd love to hear, uh, love to hear from you, Carl, on this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's really tough to see the Tyler Higby situation, and you can't blame him, right? So you go back to Week Eleven, eight points, zero, three, three, twelve, right? And you got Baker Mayfield, and you don't know what to do. And literally, the Titans' tight end, what I don't even know how to say his name. Okonkwa. Okonkwa, yeah. It goes and scores a, a decent amount last week, so you got to ride the hot hand. 
the thing about that he's been having an issue with, and we all glorified Fred when he first drafted this team because he kept Eckler, and then he went and grabbed Swift and Lenny. And we thought, okay, this is just going to be his three are locked. He's just going to roll through people, and he just needs to grab a couple good wide receivers, and he's, he's pretty much set. And then it turns out, well, DeAndre Swift got hurt, and then playoff Lenny, the, you know, maybe the coaching staff didn't like playoff Lenny all that much, and, they, and then the Bucks end up sucking not that and aren't that great, somehow still winning the division. Lower your voice, please. <laughs> so it was just a, a rough ride, and then Fred was coming out with some good stuff, you know, some good content, and then and then the content went away when his wins went away, and that wasn't, you know, but we all got busy. Sorry. My, my bad, Fred. We all end up getting <laughs> I to say I don't know. I don't know. If Fred's the one you want to be. Uh, you want to be letting off straight. No, he's he's, he could, he's he my could, boy. He could come back. He could come back here. The only switch I would have done because I probably would have played a Conquer too would have been Swift for Lenny, and that the, still would have put him two to three points uh, short. That's that's probably where we differ in opinion, Carl, on on that one. Um, I have a tough time playing any Titans pass catcher if Brian Tannehill is not in the game. Uh, Malik Willis is just too much. Uh, he's he's just not not what the Titans need right now. And uh, I mean, as the owner of Derrick was... Henry, you have firsthand knowledge of the Titans' right, offense. Right. You're invested well, in that Titans' offense. Well, I mean, I mean, last time the the Titans played the the Texans, uh, Derrick Henry had like 20 plus touches. You know, two touchdowns, 200 plus running yard, or rushing yards. And the past game was like maybe a hundred passing yards. So, you know, like, uh, again, like not that Ryan Tannehill is a game breaking quarterback by any means, but he makes the, at least the pass catchers on the Titans viable. And I think without him, with him not playing until potentially week 18, uh, if, if he gets cleared, I don't trust anyone outside of Derrick Henry in that offense. And, uh, even the Derrick Henry, I mean, Derrick Henry again put up a, a decent performance this week, uh, but that's still a hard, uh, a hard, a hard uh, play to make if you're looking at any Titans pass catcher. I think that also, I think that speaks like volumes about the Titans um, that like a very average quarterback um, makes all the difference, right? Yeah. Like we thought, we thought, we thought the 49ers were done for when Jimmy Garoppolo went down. And, you know, Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft from this past year, um, comes in and they don't they don't miss a beat at all. Without Debo Samuel, mind you, um, he hasn't been playing the last couple of weeks and they don't skip a beat at all. And I think the Titans offensively are built very similar, right? They are dominated by a really strong run game, a really good offensive line. Um, the difference really is Debo Samuel, um, you know, having that true wide receiver one. But over the last few weeks, Debo hasn't even been there. And so to see just how bad the Titans offense is without just an average quarterback um, is really scary. Um, if you're a Titans fan or if you're um, certainly if you're a, a fantasy owner of anyone on the Titans, not named Derrick Henry. So um, that's that has been truly interesting to see the Titans unfold. Like you don't have high expectations for Malik Willis, you know, a second or third round draft pick to come in in the last couple of weeks of the season. You don't have high expectations for him, but I would say the expectations are a little bit higher than what we've been getting um, in Tannehill's absence. So that, yeah. that's, what's, that's what's really scary if you're um, 
like I said, if you're a Titans fan heading into the playoffs, talking about actual football here, um, heading into the playoffs, you got to be worried if, if Tannehill has to miss any part of, you know, the Titans playoff run, they're, they're done for. Well, and the, the, the division is coming down to week 18 because they're only a half game ahead of the, uh, the Jags at this point, and they play the Jags week 18. So, yeah, I mean, the Jags are jagging be, off right now, man. Right. It's going to be, it'll be an interesting matchup. And, uh, yeah, injuries have not helped the, uh, the Titans as well. Their offensive line is all sorts of banged up. And if you can't keep your quarterback clean, you can't expect him. So, like, not saying not to, like, say that. Uh, Malik Willis, give him like uh, an excuse or anything. But I mean, if you're getting sacked every other play, you know it's it's hard. Or you're getting hit every other play, it's hard to, to keep if you can't keep the pocket clean. Basically, uh, it's hard to make make plays to your receivers. And again, they don't have great pass catchers, anyways. I mean, Nick West. Yeah, how Nick much West, how much does the AJ Brown trade sting, man? Dude, like my God, like, you have I mean, one of the handful of. One of the handful of truly elite receivers in the league, and you you just you let him walk away for not much draft capital in return. I think they could have done a lot better. Yeah. For a player of AJ one Brown's, for one. you know, yeah, there's a one for one for Lombards. Yeah, I mean they they. I mean, for the record, I do think um, I do think Traylon Burks is going to be a good player. I really, I'm, I was really high on him coming out of Arkansas. He was a really do it all type of player. Um, I do see a lot of like Debo Samuel esque potential, um, but when you get hurt in your rookie year and you're in an offense that really just doesn't utilize the pass game as effectively as it should, you're kind of kind of at a loss. I think he's going to develop and end up being a fine player, but man, you just you look at their you look at their pass game without AJ Brown, and you're just like, why would you do that? Like, unless you had like one of the slam dunk receivers in this draft, which in my opinion were really only Drake London and Garrett Wilson. Um, and Chris Olave has been fine as well. But I think those were the only two that you could really say, like, yeah, those are going to be yeah. good receivers for a long time. Um, unless you have the opportunity to grab one of them, I don't know why you'd let go of Jay, uh, A.J. Brown. Unless they were banking on Robert Woods, you know. And, I mean, he was he was a really good second fiddle to Cooper Cup in uh, Los Angeles before his ACL injury. And maybe you were like, oh, he'll, he'll be able to fill that void. But it yeah, hasn't really been the case, so. Tight, it, long story long story short, Titans pass catchers bad. Derrick Henry good. Bad. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully bad. Less less bad. So, <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's dive into our last matchup from this week that we wanted to discuss. Keith, I'll let you kind of give the, the the overview of um, what led to uh, the results of this week. Your demise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before before we go into it, I just want to acknowledge Joe and Mo. They did play a matchup. We're just not diving into it, not taking a deep dive, just because um, neither one of them really took it seriously. They all only started um, a flex kicker in defense. Um, Joe gets a big week from Devontae Smith here in the second week to um, you know, overcome the deficit, and he ends up pulling out of this matchup, sixty-seven to fifty-six. So we'll give them. Uh, we'll, we we are officially crowning Joe the seventh place champion um, in the toilet bowl. Congratulations, Joe! Um, but yeah, we're not going to do a, a deep dive into that one. So 
Um, finally, you have your, your last place matchup. And uh, this one, we talked a little bit about it. I, I, said, I said last week on the show that I knew things were in a bad way when George Kittle had his first decent performance in like six weeks um, in the first week of our matchup, and he got 25. And then this week he follows it up again with a 30-burger, um, six receptions, 120 yards, and two scores. And I said before we started recording, like if you would have just shown me George Kittle's numbers over the two weeks of our matchup, then I could have told you right away I was going to get beat. Um, and that's just like that was how I knew right away when George Kittle um, dropped 25 on Thursday night of our of the first week of our matchup. I was like, it's just going to be like that. And then he got a 40 burger from Kirk Cousins that week, and then um, he got another 30 again this week from Kirk Cousins. Um, and I was just it was it was rough. It was rough. Um, and I don't think uh, <clears throat> I don't think like. The, the scoring, my, my scoring is probably about on par with where it's been all season. Struggling to find, um, struggling to find consistency. Had a glimmer of hope there when um, I got a good game from Alvin Kamara, a solid game from Alvin Kamara, and then Gardner Minshew, my streaming option at quarterback, ends up uh, having you know a pretty good game. Um, and that was just, that was a really fun game to watch, the Dallas Philly game. Um, I know Sam will probably disagree because Philly was on the losing end, but um, last. Just a just a really really good game, um, a ton of fun there. Um, but yeah, just like can't find any scoring whatsoever. Um, and even you know, looking back on the two weeks, the optimal lineup uh, doesn't beat um, you know the lineup that uh, that Austin uh, rolled out. Um, much less his optimal lineup, which I think he was pretty darn close to his optimal lineup. I think there was only like. One player last week that if he swapped out, he could squeeze out a few more points. But um, yeah, just just all around uh, detrimental. Um, really, really rough stuff. Um, I'm glad that this season, at least for me, has finally come to a close. Um, I can uh, go ahead and start preparing. I actually already ordered uh, my hot sauces, um, and they should be in. They should be in next week. So we'll get on the we'll get on the horn with Austin. Um, I'll let him make the announcement to the fellows, but Austin and I kind of talked about um, a pretty funny idea that he came up with. Obviously, I told him that we wanted to bring him on the show um, for the episode where I eat the wings, um, and he came up with a really good idea that I would love for him to share with the fellows if he wants to go through with it, but I don't know for sure that he wants to go through with it, so um, I'll let him make that call, but yeah. Um, honestly, just congratulations to Austin. Uh, he avoids eating hot wings. He finishes ninth place. Um, and my ego is, and my ego and pride are, are ruined for the next, uh, next eight to nine months until next season starts. So, um, just again, thankful that this season mercifully comes to a close. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can just, uh, I can just focus on watching the NFL playoffs as, uh, as the Bucks are going to limp their way into like a, Sub five hundred division winning finish. So, um, yep, that's about that's about all there is to report from from our our last place matchup here. Yeah. Well, the good news is is it's over. So, uh, mercifully, mercifully over. Yeah, I'll say it's been a 
tough year. I would say tough two years, really, because uh, this is almost not not quite identical, but uh, similar similarly your year to last year. I don't know what your record was going into the playoffs. I think, but I feel I think like this was... year, th- I can this year I can at least hang my head on like just some really untimely injuries across the board. Last year I didn't really have any injuries. I just sucked. Um, this year I can at least say you know like not having Keenan Allen for most yeah. of the season and you know the last four or five weeks of the season, he goes 20 plus in pretty much every week. So um, I, think, say. I think, I think I'm, I'm nervous about next year because I look at my roster. I'm like, who the hell do I keep? Like I'm, I'm probably going to have to keep Keenan Allen because he's the only guy on my roster who was, who was worth the crap this year. But I'm like, man, uh, I don't want to keep any of these guys. And I don't have anybody that's even worth dangling out there as trade bait for an extra draft pick. That's, that's the real killer here. Are we able to trade players for picks? Can I trade one of my players for like a third round pick from Kiefer on the in the summer? Is that a thing? Yeah, I did. I did two years ago with Austin. I gave him DK Metcalf for his first rounder. All right. Well, I'm you and I may be in contract talks because <laughs> I got plenty of keepers. Allen. You can't have Keenan Allen. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want. I want a pick. I got plenty of keepers on my lot. My roster. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that then coupled with just really bad transactions this year, I think last year you were like transaction king for the most part. You had some pretty good trades and uh, uh, transactions you made worked out really nicely. And I think this year it's the the opposite of just uh, transactions yeah. you made just didn't quite work out in your favor. Yeah, the Christian McCaffrey one, that's uh, that's that's the killer here. I was, uh, was really high on Gabe Davis and I figured – um, Gabe Davis would make the trade worth it. Um, and of course, I think within like three weeks, I ended up getting rid of Najee Harris anyway. Um, but I was really banking on Gabe Davis making that one, making that one worth it. And, uh, you know, when he returned from injury and he had that, you know, 32 point outburst and he had like three catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns, I was like, I was like, all right, cool. You know, maybe this will be worth it. Um, and then Gabe Davis decided to take a fat dump on that idea. So. <laughs> That's gonna be that's gonna be the one that, that that gets me. But you know, I'm uh I'm always I've always been just a wheeling and dealing type of person. I'm always willing to to gamble. Um, I like to keep things you know spicy and interesting. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay taking L's as long as I'm enjoying it. And, um, nah, I'm not too worried about it. Like I said last week, um, with Austin, or I guess two weeks ago with Austin, the episode we didn't get to share. Not worried about the hot wings. Um, it's definitely my pride and my ego that. I'm far more worried about than having to eat you know, hot wings and maybe having a, a spicy dump or two in a couple of days that follow. So. Yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully uh, I'm interested to see what, what, uh, what ideas you're rolling out for, uh, for this, uh, for the potential for, for the punishment, whatever that is. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Like so. I said, I'm going to leave that one up to Austin because he and I talked about it. I guess this was <coughs> two days ago. Oh no! It was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve because I had to I had to drive down to Denver for an emergency on campus, and uh, he I was telling him our our idea to bring him on so that like you know we could do a um, you know kind of like a, a hot wing style interview, um, you know while I'm eating the wings, and then he put up a, a a good counter idea that if he's interested in following through on, I'm I'm down to do it. So I'll leave that up to him if he wants to make the announcement. But until further notice, it'll just be 
um, the fellas recording an epi- me eating wings and making an episode out of it. Well, I do want to talk a little. Well, do you want to talk? Do a brief, uh, do a brief, brief overview of the the championship. I don't a quick preview of it. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Keith? Yeah, let's let's dive in. I'd love to hear from both. I, I would love to hear from both of you. Um, I'm going to take uh, the Walter Cronkeefe here um, and interview both of you. I'd love to hear from both of you since we have the two championship participants. So, um, Carl. Yeah, take it, take uh, it away. To ask a few questions. Yeah, Carl. Um, what do you think are your keys to uh, keys to victory here? Um, you got the the two-week championship matchup against Sam, um, the highest-scoring team in the league, one of the most one of the more potent teams in the league. What do you think? What do you think needs to happen for you um, to get the win here? Uh, first thing is I need Colt McCoy to play. I cannot have Trace McSorley helping D-Hop because he doesn't help D-Hop. You said he had 10 targets. Man, nine of those were on the ground. All right. I used to – I once <laughs> said that I could out accurate, I could out-throw Marcus Mariota. I could out-throw Trace McSorley with my right hand, and I'm left. <laughs> That's how bad he is at quarterback. All right, we're, so we're, we're letting off – we're, we're getting we're getting we're getting off some pretty extreme lies, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it fly because uh, Trace McSorley was that bad this year. <laughs> so that, um, that's one of the things. But the the big key I need to do is I need to make sure that this week I utilize and get off to a hot start because this week is I have a lot of green matchups on my horizon. I got a lot of easy matchups going through, and I need Jalen Hurts to come back from his shoulder. He might not because they had clinched the playoff spot. They might just kind of limp their way in, take a second seed as opposed to trying to stay first. But I really like Jalen Hurst to be back. But this week I need to get up. I need to be up by 20 to 30 going into week two because Sam has that firepower, and I won't feel comfortable unless I'm up 100 going into week two. Sam, same question. What do you think is the key for you? Yeah, the key to success uh, first uh, on a less serious note, is Carl to not pay attention to his roster, and uh, I need Carl to set up another media center uh, whenever, <laughs> right before the game start. That 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 is the key to my success. Uh, but on a more serious note, uh, I think it's going to come down to uh, my wide receiver play. Um, I need Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill to put up numbers that 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 they can put up. I need them to exceed their projections, which. Uh, They've done pretty pretty well all season, and uh, Tyreek has obviously been like one of the he's the like one of the best players in fan or in fantasy this year, and uh, need him to continue to show that. And I just need Stefan Diggs to get back to being the player that I know that we know that he can be. Um, and with the number one seed on the line between you know the, the Chiefs, the Bills, um, it's very possible that we see that. I think the second piece is uh, it's going to be similar to. Uh, uh, is similar to what Carl said. Is uh, is Jalen Hurts going to play? Um, because that's going to impact my tight end situation as well. Uh, yeah, Carl and I like talking about uh, Muth, uh, who's my backup tight end. Carl tried to ask if he was available er, really early on in the season, and I said I really like him as a depth player, and uh, he's been a really solid uh, piece for me. And when I put up 178 points last week, he put up a, a solid zero. Um, so, and with, uh, Dallas Goddard coming back, uh, this past week, he put up, uh, I mean, he had three targets, three catches for 67 yards. So 9.7 points. 
Um, I think he infinite is infinitely better and when he's involved in the passing game and Jalen Hurts likes to look his way as well. Um, and so I think pretty much all three of my pass catchers are going to be really important there. And then um, obviously Chris Godwin has been just a target monster. So as long as uh, TB12 keeps targeting him, uh, I think I'm in a good spot. And then the last piece is uh, just make sure I don't bench, bench Brett Maher. So uh, <laughs> that's the those are the keys to my success right now. Yeah, Sam, I actually wholeheartedly agree with yours. Um, it's definitely going to come down to Eric and Stefan Diggs for you. Everyone else is pretty much, um, you know, everyone else is pretty much like your roster. We've said it many, many times. Your roster is set and forget. It's just a matter of whether or not, um, you know, they meet projections or, you know, it's been the case for you most of the season is everyone exceeding projections. Um, you know, and this week being an example, like we talked about Patrick Mahomes giving you 27 and that um, not meeting projection. So that's obviously a very good situation to have. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when your receivers, uh, I'm just looking at just looking at this week here when, you know, Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill, uh, two of the best receivers in the league combined for, you know, just over 19 or just under 19 points um, this week. Uh, that's obviously not ideal. So definitely going to come down to the receivers for you. For Carl, I think it's going to come down to the tinkers. Um, I think Carl really tried to, you know, try, Carl tried to flex his, you know, fantasy big brain here. And, of course, this is all – I say all this acknowledging Carl got a big win and it ended up working out fine. But I think, you know, the Zay Jones riding the hot hand thing, I think is just a little bit of overthinking there, um, you know. Four touchdowns in two weeks is a little hard to ignore, but Jerry Judy's been the more consistent player um, pretty much all year long. I think if you ride with, I think if you ride with that, and then DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to be the the key piece for Carl here. Is like who's playing? If it's Colt McCoy, um, you know, keep DeAndre in the lineup. Um, but if it's not, then you know you got to really take a look at your roster there and and figure out if he's worth keeping in the lineup, especially given the performance that we saw. You know one catch on 10 targets um, that speaks a lot more to the guy throwing him the ball than it does. than it does Deandre Hopkins. That's uh, that's how I see this because uh, this is definitely going to be a fun one. Um, Carl is a story of transactions gone, right? You know, every, every trade he's made has ended up panning out and now he's got just a lethal team that um, can score with anybody. And then Sam is just, um, a story of excellent drafting and excellent, you know, waiver claims at the right times. Um, you know, has been the highest scoring team in the league all year long. So this is going to be this is going to be a fun one. Um, I, I I put in my prediction. I think last week when Carl was up, I said uh, Sam was going to clap the cheeks, and I'm going to stand by that one. Um, I think Sam is going to end up pulling this one out and winning the belt back. But either way, um, we're going to get our first two-time league winner. Um, at the end of this championship matchup. So that'll be uh, that'll be a, a fun storyline to keep our eyes on is who becomes the first two-time champ in the league. So. Yeah, I was telling Carl right right before we went live, I was like, honestly, I'm just happy that I am not in the toilet bowl. I think not making the toilet bowl this year was a, a really, really good. <laughs> it was just such a relief, you know. Uh, so making the playoffs is a, is a really nice uh, – cherry on top and uh, i make my money back for getting second though right yeah yes yeah. 
All right. So at this point, I'm happy. You know? Carl's I'm at like, least I'm net positive. <laughs> I was saying, breaking even. <laughs> so, no, it's going to be a great matchup, and I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm excited to, I mean, regardless, either way, like I said, I mean, I get my money back if I lose, and if I win, I make money. So uh, it's great, great to great either way. Um, the last time that uh, Sam and I faced each other this year, we were the number one and two scorers on the week. This is going to be a knockdown drag out fight, and I'm yeah. looking forward to every second of it. Yeah, I think that's my if if we're in the Christmas spirit. I think the the the, the wish that I have for this game is that it's a close game. Like I, I wouldn't want it to be, uh, I would I don't want it to be a blowout one way or another because I I think that takes the fun out of it. So I really hope that that we that Carl and I can make this a really entertaining matchup for everyone. And uh, obviously we have the two rosters to do it. So. Uh, it's going to be fun. And like I said, as long as uh, like, I don't think it's a really good matchup if I don't have anxiety going into week two, which are going into, you know, the Monday night game. I don't even know if we have anyone playing Monday night, but uh, if we do, I think that that's like, that's the, like the, the thing that really gets me going when I'm playing fantasy. Like if I'm not anxious, then something's wrong. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah. So most before of we on from this... based off of Thursday night games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carl, 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 and I have talked at length about Thursday night games, and we both love them and hate them because we love them because you know if you have a player who's playing on Thursday night and he does well, it gives you a ton of confidence going into the weekend. Uh, but you hate them because you know starting a Thursday night player is always um, it's always a risk. Um, Thursday night games are generally not as high scoring. Um, a lot of injuries take place on Thursday night games because it's a short week for most teams, um, and. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you play a guy on Thursday night and he has a dud of a game, then you put yourself in a hole. And so that's the the love hate relationship with Thursday night games there. So um, it'll be it'll be this will be an interesting one. The last thing um, I'd love to hear from each of you: give me your team's X factor for the matchup. Carl, we'll start with you. Oh, X factor! I think. Hmm. I really think my X factor is is gonna be Saquon. Mm. I think I, Saquon has the ability to go for nine, or he has the ability to go for thirty. I just need the two consistent weeks from him. Give me two twenty fives or two twenty pluses, and I think I'll be in a solid running spot. And everyone else is normally fairly even, fairly monotone across the board, but Saquon is my guy who can either rides high or rides low. So I just need a couple high weeks from him, and he's going against Indy this week. So I have a – hopefully he rides high first. He's been your most consistent player this year, at least in my opinion. Um, you know, his his season low is five points against Detroit, which definitely a letdown performance. But other than that, I mean, the next lowest is 11 points. And, I mean, that's his only game. Or I guess he has one other game against Philly. Two games of the season below double digits and, you know, a bunch of these above 20 points. So. Um, I think you're right there. I think if Saquon can lead the way for you, um, you, you're in pretty decent shape. Sam, what about you? Yeah, no, just really briefly, I'm going to say that's a, I think that's a great, great pick by Carl, and that'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think the we talked about NFL, but keeping your eye on the Eagles, right? If the Eagles win this week, uh, they clinch the uh, they clinch the number one seed. And uh, they really don't have anything to play for week 18. And uh, depending on the giant situation, they could still be on the playoff cusp. So that, that'll really determine 
what happens with Saquon and, and his production. So that this this week 17 is super important in the real NFL, obviously, for, for what happens week 18. Um, with that being said, I think my X factor, and I, I truly think that this is an X factor, uh, is going to be Jarek McKinnon, funny enough. Uh, he's really popped onto the scene, <laughs> uh, we'll say, the past four weeks. Uh, I mean, putting up damn near 70 points week 14 and 15 is nothing to scoff at, and they're going against a – a Denver team who just had a horrendous performance against the Rams, who are uh, not not very good. Uh, Cam Akers had three touchdowns that game, um, and so uh, I think it, I think it could be a very very uh, good game for Jarek McKinnon, and then he has another tasty matchup against the, the Raiders as well. So um, I think if there's a player that's an X factor, I think Jarek McKinnon checks all the boxes there. Um, just because you said, Jerk McGinn, I'm going to read this text from earlier today between Carl and I. Um, just an FYI, Henry isn't going to be the one who destroys me. And then is going to drop back to back 35 bombs because Sam has the best luck with KC running backs. So uh, I, I I think I speak for I Carl when I say he, he agrees with you on your X Factor pick. <laughs> I literally faced Sam earlier this year and CEH did nothing. And then it was the the run around Patrick Mahomes like thirty second play flips it like oppo hand across the freaking touchdown right into Ceh's hand like that was the kind of stuff that Sam was on earlier this year with Ceh. <laughs> oh man, he's just he, Sam Sam and running backs this year has just been has been absolutely wild. I mean to draft to keep Derrick Henry and then draft Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Kenneth Walker, and Brees Hall. Um, and then to have them all pan out at like, and the way they panned out was at different times in the season. And so like when Clyde edges Alaire stopped scoring all of his touchdowns, he scored like seven or eight touchdowns in the first three weeks. And he stopped scoring is when Brees Hall came to life. And then right as Brees Hall, like tore his ACLs when Kenneth Walker came to life. And I mean, just the, the, the drafting of running backs was great, but then the timing of when to play them was even yeah, I got, uh, I got pretty lucky because, um, like, looking back on it, if I don't, like, I mean, if people were looking at my draft and they saw that I drafted Brees Hall in the fourth round, uh, like, and he was my technically my first running back off the board there if we're not including keepers, uh, you know, that's a bold pick. So I, I uh, bold picks worked out. And like I said, I, I took some risks and uh, it really worked out and, I appreciate Gino not taking Tyreek Hill uh, when he <laughs> took Justin Herbert. So uh, really worked out for me there. And, you know, like I said, that's been, it's been pretty fortunate uh, how things have worked out. So I've got lucky, been pretty lucky all year. Can't put that on. That was, that was some skill. Give yourself some credit. <laughs> All right. What do you have? Any other any other final questions, Keith? Nope. Nope. That wraps us up. Um, I think I speak for everybody when I say this is going to be uh, it's going to be an, it's going to be a fun matchup. Like you said, the two um, top scoring teams in the league uh, going at each other. It's it's going to be a knockdown dragout, as, as Carl said. Um, and we only have one other matchup, and I don't even know if we necessarily need to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, we do have a third place matchup between Gino and. Fern, um, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think I think Fern wins it. I think just Fern based wins on it. yeah, just based on yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Fern here. Gino <laughs> has just been having 
Um, all the worst luck at the wrong time. Um, I think the Jonathan Taylor trade is, you know, we talked about it last week. It's definitely one of the more uh, lopsided trades, and it's probably going to be the one that um, certainly impacts what happens next year. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, I think with the inconsistency we're seeing from Geno, um, I just I can't I can't justify picking him in any matchup. So I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Fern here. I think Fern's just got uh, got got a few more pieces that'll um, that'll most likely uh, pan out for him here in these final two weeks. I'm liking. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Josh Jacobs matchups down the stretch. He's obviously got San Francisco next week, which is a really good run defense um, before Kansas City. And Kansas City could very well be playing for a first-round bye, depending on how um, this week shakes out with the Bills. <clears throat> um, Tony Pollard, we talked about the timeshare there um, with he and Zeke Elliott. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I think Fern is going to get just enough here. It's probably going to be a fairly low-scoring matchup or a two-week matchup, but um, I think Fern is going to take this one. Yeah, a lot plays out. A lot happens this week. Like I said, a lot happens. Like, a thing to watch this week is going to be the playoff clinching scenarios um, because, you know, if either of the, the KC or Bills clinch the number one seed uh, then and the other ones have clinched their divisions already, they, they don't have a ton to play for the following week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important. I think we like could if- very well, I think we could very well see a situation where the number one seed is clinched this mm-hmm. week and whoever loses the number one seed, they're not, they're not going to move up or down. I mean, it's, yeah. it's clearly the Bills and Chiefs are going to be the one and two seed. And I think we could go into week 18 where neither one of them really tries. Um, You know, we see, you know, the starters play maybe, you know, it ends up looking like a preseason game where the starters maybe play one quarter, you know, a quarter and a half um, for both teams, regardless of how the seeding works out there. So, yeah, um, I think that could dictate a lot. I mean, obviously looking at your roster, you know, you got, you got Patrick Mahomes, you've got um, Stephon Diggs that could certainly impact a lot. Um, you know, on the on the NFC side of things, the Eagles is going to be um, a very big one as well. Um, they could clinch the number one seed here next week, um, and and Jalen Hurts may not even play. So if they clinch the number one seed this week, then I don't think if Jalen Hurts doesn't play this week, I don't see any reason why the Eagles would risk playing him in Week 18. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe just to you know make sure he's keeping his game legs. Maybe he plays a quarter, but um, that could certainly impact a lot for Carl. Um, and yeah, I mean some other some other players to watch out for. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean the, the San Francisco is playing really well. Um, they're on the verge of I think locking up the two seed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's somebody who's an injury prone guy. If you get to week eighteen and they've got the two seed locked up, um, you might not see Christian McCaffrey in week eighteen. That could impact a lot. So that's kind of the catch twenty two of having a really loaded roster. Is you know, you've got all the best players, but um, come championship matchup when you know seating is set and teams don't have a lot to play for. Um, you know when you've got those be- you've got those great players, uh, they may not play week eighteen. So yeah, we also got CD Lamb, the Cowboys. I'm looking at the rock, the playoff standard right now. The Cowboys are fifth seed, if especially if the Eagles win, because the Giants can't cut, catch them. So they'll probably sit a lot of their guys, especially Dak. Dak will probably sit. The guy who Tyree Kill is going to be the one that I think is going to be the the game changer, the the game wrecker for this week, for the next two weeks, because they are still very much in the hunt, and they have to win. Mm. So he's going to be the guy. Did we lose him? Oh, no, we did. We did indeed lose Sam. 
Well, that is a bummer. I stand by it. Tyreek is still going to have to be that guy. And, no, one hundred percent. Especially if, if Tua doesn't play, and it doesn't look like um, it doesn't look like he'll clear concussion protocols. If for no other reason than um, if for no other reason than you know the 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 public, the very public eye that's been on um, Tua and the Dolphins with how they handled this concussion earlier in the year. Um, you know, we we may very well not see Tua, and that could end up paying out very well for Tyreek. It could just be a heavy dose of Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, go to the go to the guy who's gotten you there to that point. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Tyreek Hill could could be the, the could be the the guy that at least changes the momentum for this first week, um, or decides the momentum for this first week. Um, if not, the guy who outright just decides the matchup. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, guys. My internet cut out there for a second. No, we noticed. <laughs> but I'm back. But uh, the thing, the only thing, the only thing I was going to add um, was maybe the uh, the Jalen Hurts injury might have been one of the better things to happen to for Carl. If I mean, considering if he has to play uh, or not, because um, if the Eagles lock up uh, the the number one seed last week, if they beat the Cowboys and Jalen's not injured, then you lose Jalen Hurts for you know, week 17 and 18 potentially. So yeah, in this, in this I needed situation, the Eagles to lose back. last week for yep. sure. So that really helped me out. Worked out, worked out nicely in Carl's favor. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, <clears throat> all right, Keith, do we want to do? Know. He's going to be on. Is he, uh, what are the, uh, he's pushing to play, but not guaranteed to play yet. All right. right. Yeah. I mean, and, and Gardner Minshew. Well, I also think, I also think with how Gardner Minshew played last week, Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly didn't lose the game because of Minshew. No, um, they had they had you know some serious issues on defense. Um, Cowboys <laughs> converted some pretty uh, some pretty spectacular plays, but you know you can't hit this game on Gardner Minshew. No, it so was. I don't, uh... think, I don't think the Eagles are exactly like. I don't think the Eagles are exactly in bad shape. Against, no. Um, um, I don't think the Eagles are in bad shape against New Orleans if they got to play Gardner Minshew. No, New Orleans has a, is, uh, a pretty stout defense, but um, you know, he, Cowboys have a very good defense, and Gardner Minshew was picking up a part. It mm-hmm. was uh, it was the it was the turnovers that cost us the game, and it wasn't necessarily uh, Miles Sanders had a fumble. Uh, Boston Scott very untimely fumble for yeah, Miles Sanders. Yeah, twice he's he's fumbled twice this season in back to back games. Uh, last week in this. Well, week, yeah, and I mean Gardner Minshew also had two interceptions, but the last but, interception there came on a. You know, fourth down where they had to score a touchdown. So now, and the other he's one, just, he's throwing, he's throwing into the end zone there. Yeah, the other one was ripped out of the wide receiver's hands. So I mean, the wide receivers got to do better there. Quez Watkins has to do better there. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, and we all the a lot of the points that cost us the game came off those turnovers. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, those are things that are gonna you know win you or lose your game. So and Gardner Minshew is a very capable quarterback. He could probably start for you know, at least a quarter of the teams right now. Um, and I mean, he's playing for a job next year, playing hopefully for playing for a starting job. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, Hey, I mean, you think about the Colts, the Colts yeah. being in the market for a quarterback, um, you know, maybe they take a chance on Gardner Minshew. That, um, there's mean, a handful of, there's a handful of teams right now that don't have any clear cut options and aren't really going to be in a great place. I think this quarterback class is a pretty solid one, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely top heavy. Like after Will Levy's, and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, 
um, who are probably all three going to go in the top ten. Um, you know, it's it's top heavy. If you if you win the lottery and get one of those three, you're in good shape. If not, um, then a guy like Gardner Minshew, who has had success. I mean, he had a good rookie year in Jacksonville, and I I know some people who were pretty upset. I mean, obviously you can't pass up on a talent like Trevor Lawrence, but um, you know, when you see the rookie season that he had, his rookie season was better than Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's there's definitely there's definitely potential for Gardner Minshew. So. Get some Minshew mania somewhere. Oh man, the mustache. Well, Keith, the do, we wanna, do we want to end this episode potentially on a uh, quick fire question with Carl? Yeah, yeah. Do you got you got questions pulled up? Yeah, I'm gonna pull up some that we had from a previous week and uh, use that. As, uh, I'm assuming can't... you don't have any mail, no mailbag drop, right? We didn't post the mailbag. I've been slacking on that. That's that's truly my bad. I want to apologize to the fellas. I'm usually the one who posts the mailbag. Um. But the last couple of weeks, uh, life has been lifing extra hard, and it has not been a top priority. So I okay. get better about I'll that. I'll with the question for you. Okay, if you got well, a good question for us. Are you ready for your, are you ready for your quick fire questions, Carl? Hit me. Actually, uh, Keith, let me copy these in for you so that you can. I was going to say, can you move them over? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got or you. Or at least I, tell I, me what agenda they're in. <laughs> What's your dog's name? That's all I got, man. <laughs> You got him? Yeah, I got him. Bro, I even heard that text message, like, noise. (laughs) All right, here we go. Carl, describe your style in one word. Uh, Rustic fat. What is a good spy code name for you? Rusty. What is your favorite nickname? Samson. She don't like my house. <laughs> what, is the, what is the one thing you regret spending money on? Oh, God. Um, Anything that isn't essential? Pretty much food. <laughs> <laughs> what movie do you enjoy quoting the most? Movie. TV show is How I Met Your Mother. I don't, we'll go with that one. I don't, I don't really quote movies. Okay, that works. Fingers, would you rather have fingers for toes or toes for fingers? Fingers for toes. Is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Yes. What is something you are unbeatable at? Nothing. Not not a single fucking thing. <laughs> you, I, I'm surprised you didn't say Madden. I'm surprised you didn't go with Madden. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost. <laughs> uh, if you could get paid to do anything, what would it be? Yeah. Oh, travel the world. Have you ever gone viral online? No. Uh, what is your favorite board game? Oh. Settlers of Catan. Do you believe in ghosts? What is your guilty pleasure? Chocolate milk. Which celebrity annoys you most? Oh, if that name ends in Ashian, you can go <laughs> fuck yourself. All right, noted. <laughs> <laughs> what, what world record do you think you have a shot at beating? Um, 
rolling on the ground for the longest amount of time. <laughs> are we talking what? somersaults? Or are we talking like, no, like just... log roll? Okay. <laughs> you don't get dizzy doing that. Uh, Shit, I got a shot at. I got a shot at that. Okay. What, what, what object do you misplace the most? Um, I don't. My wife moves my keys around all the fucking time, and I can't find them. <laughs> so your wife misplaces, <laughs> and then you, then you can't find them. Um, what is your last Google search? How to fix kitchen drawer slide that doesn't close all the way. <laughs> Hashtag DIY entertainment. <laughs> uh, what is the weirdest thing your pet does? What is the weirdest thing that Bettis does? He drags his ass on the carpet. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, totally normal. <laughs> it, it is. But, you know. <laughs> what is the strangest thing you've ever seen while walking down the street? Not much. Dogs jumping. And I don't. I don't, weird I don't walk in weird places. I'm gonna skip ahead because I want the last question. The Rock okay. or Stone Cold? Stone Cold. Would your 12 year old self think you're cool? Uh, no, not playing baseball for the Braves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fair My 12 year old self would definitely be let down. Like, <laughs> you have the, the whole world ahead of you, right? Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes. thank you. Thank you for thank you for taking part with us, Carl. Um, it was always good. Uh, it was good breaking down matchups and talking football and talking fantasy. Carl did said he had a uh, mailbag question he wanted to ask us. Yeah. So we will. Uh, there's no need to discuss the hot seat. Um, I've already uh, claimed the throne of of hotness. Um, so we are going to jump straight into a mailbag question uh, delivered in person by Big Barlito. What do you got for us, Carl? Okay, so I had to think about it because I didn't have one when I said it. So I had to mm. think about it while I was also answering questions. Oh, so you lied. I did. I don't. I lied. I lied. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, do you think you have a better chance of getting a hit off of a Randy Johnson fastball? Absolutely not. Scoring any bucket on Prime MJ? Nope. Or carrying a ball into the end zone, 1v1 versus Ray Lewis. How many chances do I get? Infinite for, uh, infinite for infinite, all of them. Just in, until I can get one. Until you get one. How upset is MJ when I play it? This is Isaiah just called his mama fat mad. Okay, no, all right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take my. <clears throat> I'm gonna go Ray Lewis um, because I think, I think eventually, I can. You you just with the way tackles happen in the NFL, like you can just you can have one little maneuver where like he mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't hit he doesn't hit you clean and you can kind of roll off or you know <laughs> slide slide off the tackle a little is bit. That and quick shimmy. In. And fall in. Um, I considered myself to be a pretty good hitter when I played baseball. 
I think on my best day, I I would never. I, I don't even think I could foul Randy Johnson unless Randy Johnson fucked up the pitch. Um, yeah. And if you're talking, if you're talking about pissed off, locked in Michael Jordan, there's no way. I'm, there's no way I'm scoring. So, um, I'm gonna take my chances against Ray Lewis. I think, how how I think, far? I think given infinite chances, I could probably squeeze in once. How far? How far out am I against Ray Lewis? You're on the ten yard line. The ten you yard. Guys are, line. You guys are boom. It's it's time to shimmy shake breakdown. Ten yard line. Wow. And it's I'm, just I'm one. Still, on, it's I'm just gonna... it's just one on one, right? It's one on one. If you want to beat him to the sideline, <laughs> it, that is your business. <laughs> okay. it is, it's an Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm still gonna go. Still gonna go Ray Lewis. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go Ray Lewis too. I thought I was. I was like, maybe if it's a goal line situation, I just uh, get the the Eagles uh, O line and do their goal line QB sneak, and you know that's not a big deal. But uh, I still think that that versus Ray Lewis is the uh, the best play. And you said I have infinite chances. So I can take as much time as I need. I can work out for ten years, get ready, get get NFL pro ready, and then go against Ray Lewis. So uh, I like you can still be in his prime, and you would be ten years older, making you what forty? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. Know. I mean, I don't know that that's the way to go. I think your best bet is just to take him on right now. <laughs> Hit him right in his hip. You know, uh, I've got I've got to see Ray Lewis play a few times. He's just he's a monster. No, thank you. I went to uh, it was Bucks versus Ravens in 2006. Whatever, whatever Steve McNair's first year with the Ravens was, um, that was our home opener that year with the Ravens, mm-hmm. and they ended up kicking the crap out of us. They beat us like I think it was 35 to nothing or 38 to nothing. I know we didn't score, and I know they had something like 30. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 35 to nothing, and he had this like one-handed pick six. And I, I just remember like feeling so up and down about it because Ray Lewis is one of my favorite Miami Hurricanes ever. But I was like, why'd you have to do that against the Bucks? Man? <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't just let us have one. And it was just, it was always so fun watching him play because he played every single game. Like it was a Super Bowl. Didn't matter if it was the preseason or if it was <clears throat> the opener against the Bucks. Like it did not matter. It, every game was like the most important game in the world for him. Um, but yeah, I think infinite chances. I'm going to take my chances one on one with Ray Lewis. Yeah, I agree. What's yours, Marl? I I'm a firm believer of not getting my shit rocked in by Ray Lewis. Um, <laughs> Early speaking, a pretty smart, uh, pretty smart thing. I think I would go with the Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even. I was a pitcher. I wasn't even that good of a hitter. But I think eventually, just seeing a couple hundred mile an hour, you know, I sit there. I see 200, 100-mile-an-hour pitches. I'm going to get used to it. I'm used to the speed, the timing. And eventually I get to swing. And I is, see he only throwing, is he only throwing fastballs or is he allowed to change it up? No, it, it is essentially a pitch machine at 100 miles an hour, but it's Randy Johnson. Okay, so he's just doing two-seam fastballs. They're hitting those I was gonna thirds. Say, I was going to say, if he's, allowed to switch, if he's allowed to switch it up and like you know throw different pitches, you're not touching it. No, you might, you might foul. You might eventually foul one off. But you're not getting an actual hit that that is playable. No, but it's just, it's just fast. Not against prime. Not against prime Randy Johnson. Yeah, I think if I see yeah, two I pitches, suppose, I can. I suppose maybe you're right. I suppose maybe you're right. Yeah, eventually, eventually. And I don't need ten years to work out, and I don't get kicked my my dick kicked in. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, if you don't actually have to reach base, you just have to make contact and have it in play. 
Um, I like your chances there. At least we all agreed that Michael Jordan was, in fact, going to be the hardest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, once you said, once you said he's mad, once you said he's, he's mad, he's locked in, I was like, no, he no. made a bet, lost a quarter. Now his whole, now your whole a, family's in danger. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a 6'1 white guy against arguably the greatest defender of all time. That's not happening. I got no handles, my brother. None. Yeah, no. Maybe, maybe I could just, you know, jack up threes and get one over top of it, and maybe one will go in, but no. Hmm. But not. It ain't happening, guy. But, all right. Well, Carl, thanks again for being on tonight. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you, and uh, I'm looking forward to our matchup. Me as well. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, fellas. Uh, thanks remember, for joining us, Carl. Always a pleasure. Keep those standards low and your expectations lower, and we'll see you next week.